grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's let's keep up with with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Hello everyone. How are you today, Michelle? Yeah, I'm good. I had a little bit of a headache. I think Rachel and I were just talking now before we press record that um, it's been quite a stressful week for both of us, just work-wise <laughs> and that type of thing, just life-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Being in a podcast is hard sometimes, isn't it? It's super, super hard. But, you know, we do it for the pod. We do it for the whole community. <laughs> so what we thought we would do today is just give you a little brief summary of like the next maybe month or so coming up with the with the podcast because the royals are on holiday aren't they Rach yeah they um are on their summer holidays and each of them do different things so from this point on the podcast episodes won't really be very structured catching up on any royal news that comes about Rachel and I will probably be taking more of a a personal stance with us answering questions from the royal community talking about general topics that pertains to the royal family so this week we're going to be talking about the royals and their summer holidays aren't we yeah and this is our first royal summer with the royals <laughs> following them and seeing what they're doing yeah so traditionally in the summer the queen um always goes to Balmoral up in Scotland this is obviously a really poignant trip this year as it will be the first summer without Prince Philip yeah um so it'll be I think quite hard for her majesty but although she's not been in the public eye as much we know that she still attends to her daily boxes she still holds audiences she just won't be carrying out engagements in person over the summer holidays so usually she resides in Buckingham Palace from Monday to Friday this is on a typical week then she goes to Windsor Castle Saturday and Sunday and then in the summer months as you just said she's in Balmoral so I think from everything that I've read about the Queen and everything I've seen in documentaries Balmoral is like um, a home away from home It, it is really embodies who she is and she can just relax yeah and it's um I actually found a quote from Princess Eugenie and she was speaking about Balmoral and she said at the time how it was a lovely base for granny and grandpa for us to come and see them up there where you have room to breathe and run and I think what she means by that is that they can truly be themselves there yeah because it's not a um it's a private residence for them they're not in the public domain at that time and they can just be themselves And several members of the royal family spend time at Balmoral through the summer. And yeah, it's just obviously really nice that the Queen can see her family and they have a big enough place for everyone to stay. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, obviously you're in the, you're in a Scottish countryside up there. It's beautiful. Lots of places for riding, maybe doing shooting. The activities that they do, I mean, we we heard when Prince Philip died how he was king of the barbecue, didn't we? Yeah. So you can just imagine, you know, up in the Highlands, them all crowding around a little barbecue. The Queen notoriously wash does the dishes. She washes up after a barbecue. <laughs> Love it. So she's a typical 
you know, air quotes, housewife. <laughs> housewife, yeah. Maybe she puts the housewife hat on, you know, she's she's living that role. There's lots of lakes for them to fish. It's a really outdoorsy wildlife soaking in of nature and countryside up in Scotland. Yeah, and Charles actually owns a property on the Balmoral estate, Birkhall, which he which is actually the former home of the Queen Mother. Oh. He likes to um, fish and does lots of walking, or as they call it, stalking. Stalking? What's that? Stalking, well, we revert back to one of our favourite shows, The Crown. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) There's a typical scene where the Queen is like on the highlands and she's got, you know, a a walking stick. And she, I think they just, you know, like being out in nature. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the weather, they'll get out there and enjoy it no matter what. And another thing to note about Balmoral is we have that lovely picture that Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, took of the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh that was released when the Duke of Edinburgh passed away. And it was taken years before that. But when you see the picture, you can just, they're so relaxed. They're so in their element in Balmoral. And um, it was just such a snapshot of them. And I, I talk about Catherine with her photography and how it brings out the real personality of the children. But actually Sophie's picture was just glorious to see um, with that shot. And I think, again, that just speaks so much of the relaxed and off-duty nature that Balmoral brings when they're there. I also found another quote from Princess Eugenie um, when, again, talking about Balmoral, and she said, I think Granny is the most happy there. I think she really, really loves the Highlands. Walking, picnics, dogs, a lot of dogs. There's always dogs. <laughs> there's always dogs. There's always there's always some corgis milling around. She loves them, doesn't she? Yeah, and we were told um, that she did have a puppy at the start of the year. So uh, yeah, kind of um, acclimating the puppy to Balmoral. I'm I'm sure the puppy's about six months now. And going back to Prince Charles staying at Birkhall, this is actually where him and Camilla honeymooned when they got married yeah so obviously you know it holds a special place in all their hearts really because I think like we've said before it's the place for them to just take a break from the spotlight yeah and I think as well the Scottish people and we've heard this when William and Catherine went to Scotland for their visit this year that um, William said, you know, the Scottish people have been so gracious in allowing him to have his privacy with his relationship with Catherine. And then also as well, when they do go to Balmoral, there's this um, understanding that that's their, you know, there's a privacy there. And and I think that's beautiful in a way that the Scottish people um, respect their time. Balmoral has also been very significant within the royal family. So for instance, Prince Harry and William were in Balmoral when they were told about Princess Diana's death. Um, So they were there on their summer holidays. So it's also a very poignant place for the royals. Given a little bit of history lesson now. Oh yeah, we love a history lesson here. Balmoral was purchased by Queen Victoria and Prince Albert in 1852 and it remains a private residence and it's passed from monarch to monarch. So it's believed that when the Queen passes away, then it will pass to Prince Charles, William, George and so on. And the Duke of Edinburgh actually had quite a heavy hand in the management of all the royal estates, but particularly Balmoral. And since the Queen's reign, he created a vegetable garden. He's paved a flower walk. He's overseen a water garden and plantation of oak trees. Aww. So he's had quite a, he had quite a lot to do and um, 
I think, you know, when we see documentaries and we read interviews about the royals, he was very much, you know, the head of the family, wasn't he? He was, yeah. The Queen had her job. But when it came to the family matters, it was what he said yeah. when. I think very much at the time as well, because, you know, they, they, they're they from 1920s. They were born in the 1920s. So that's a very of the time family dynamic as well, isn't it? So let's talk about the Cambridges. They spend the majority of their summer at Amner Hall, which is in Norfolk. And obviously because of coronavirus, they were spending a lot of their time there instead of at Kensington Palace because the children weren't at school. So there was no need for them to be in London. So they went off to the countryside. But they have been known to visit the island of Mystique. And any royal fan knows that Princess Margaret used to own a house in Mystique, which was unfortunately sold by her son, Earl of Snowdon, when she passed away. But what's um, great for the royals is that this island is notoriously private and the exclusive villas, Michelle, can be yours for £27,000 a week. I'll have two. Why not? Yeah. I'll, I'll take two. Let's, Me and you, Let's stay for two weeks. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do stay it. for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, when we win the lottery, that is. Yeah. <laughs> and because it's such a secluded island, um, it's extremely hard for paparazzi to access it. So that's why you get a lot of famous people go there. Once you've um, hired a villa, the security on the whole island knows exactly who's there at one time. Yeah. So again, it's private and they can just be themselves and enjoy their time as a family. You're paying the price, not only for the, um, the wonderful amenities, but also the exclusivity and the privacy. When you're that famous, which they are, to get any type of privacy is a luxury. So although that may sound a lot of money for us, to them, it's priceless to have that. Yeah. And if you wanted to know more about Mustique, um, I would recommend reading Lady in Waiting by Anne Glen Connor, who was actually a lady in waiting <laughs> to Princess Margaret. And it was her husband who actually owned that island. Wow. And Princess Margaret was gifted a piece of land by the Glen Connors for her to use at her leisure. And so she built a house on there and she spent many years in Mustique. Wow. And apparently the parties were glorious. I've seen some photos and what, what to be a fly on the wall would have been like at that time. <laughs> I know. The question I've got for you though, Rach, is if you owned an island, would you give me part of it? Oh, obviously. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> We've got all... so many parties with some Britney music. We're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any of the royal community you become. By the way, we do not own a private island. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I think the Cambridges is going to be it's going to be quite quiet on the Cambridge front, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the royals over summer they still work, but we don't necessarily see or hear a lot from them. So we will see them out and about, but it won't be to the extent of which we usually see them. And especially the Cambridges, because their family is really young. They normally take the summer to take that time out and just be together. All right, so we've got a little tiny bit of Royal Roundup this week. We're going to start off with Prince Charles. He has spearheaded the campaigning for the environment for over 50 years. Now, this week, he launched the Terracotta 
founded by the Sustainable Markets Initiative uh, with Sir John Ive. And he, there was a, a video of Prince Charles on the socials this week. I'm going to read out a little bit of what he said. He said it's critical that we accelerate and mainstream sustainability into every aspect of our economy. To that end, I'm launching the Terra Carta as the basis of the recovery plan for nature, people and planet. This has been the introduction of the initiative this week, and I'm sure it'll be rolled out in the coming months. So we'll hear more about it as we go on. And do you know what? I don't think this could have come at a better time. I mean, he's been talking about climate change for years and years. Same with Duke of Edinburgh. I just don't know whether or when the time will come when people go, this is important, let's create these policies. For me, it feels like there's no urgency there. I'm like, it's happening now. You know, recently in the UK, we've had floods, we've had soaring temperatures, we've had rainfall like we've never seen before. And all of these have been the product of climate change. So yeah, I, I just I just feel really passionate about this. And I'm really excited to see what Terra Carta is going to be as we go along. Yeah, and I think with that, you don't realise the work some people do until they're not here anymore. Like with Prince Charles, that's definitely going to be apparent when he goes, how much he had to say and was, you know, such a champion for climate change. And I think that shows in Prince William's initiative in the Earthshot Prize that that has carried on from one generation to the next. And hopefully, you know, George will pick that up when the time's right for him to do so. Yeah, I've said this many a time on the podcast, but if we don't have a planet, then what are we going to do? We have to prioritise that over everything, over money, over all these other things. Sustainability is the future. And that's my TED talk. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so uh, we saw Prince Charles with his bird watching binoculars. Did you see this on their social yes. system, right? He his, yes. He had his binoculars out and he welcomed a really lovely Eurasian curlews to Sandrinum. The Eurasian curlews are the country's most iconically threatened species due to habitation loss and predation. They've been released into the Sandrinum estate to hopefully, you know, to keep the, the species thriving. And all good luck to them. Hopefully we'll hear about them as time goes on. But yeah, they were really cute, really sweet, wasn't they? Yeah, so cute. And um yeah, it was just nice. It was something different on the socials this week, wasn't it, to see that? Yeah, it was. Especially with the swan up in from the royal family socials. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So swan up in is when they count how many swans are in the Thames. Swans are very synonymous with the royal family for very symbolic reasons, which I'm sure we'll, we'll actually cover in the podcast. Fun fact as well that um, Henry VIII used to like a good swan, as in eat it. <laughs> I wonder what a swan tastes like. Probably chicken. Probably chicken. They always say it tastes like chicken. Yeah. Frog's legs, chicken. chicken. Horse, chicken. chicken. <laughs> Roadkill chicken. Yeah. <laughs> we also saw Prince Charles at the UK Police Memorial at the National Memorial Arbiton in Staffordshire to unveil a plaque. Plaque <laughs> um, and also lay a wreath to commemorate the courage and sacrifice to those who have dedicated their lives to keep us safe and protected. Prince Charles's speech was really lovely. He 
dedicated the speech to those who have died. I, th I think he said something like 5,000 police officers since the start of the police service in the UK have died in, in, in duty. And to support those families who've lost loved ones, that their sacrifice didn't go in vain. Um, what I also found, you know, here we are, Michelle's crying again. Uh, Prince Charles stood for a moment of reflection after he placed the wreath. And they always have bagpipes playing, don't they? It's a memorial service. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that somber kind of like bagpipe sound, but it always gives me a little tear in the eye. What I really liked about this was Prince Charles, you could see it wasn't just another laying of a wreath. He did take a moment of reflection and really, you know, you could see him um, really honouring the, the people who have fallen. So, um, yeah, it was... It was one of those sombre engagements, but really poignant. And did you see the video of um, Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister? They they were sat next to each other, him and Prince Charles, and the weather obviously wasn't great in the UK, never blooming is. <laughs> <laughs> it was pouring down with rain and Boris's umbrella went inside out. No, I have not seen this. Yeah, Charles turned to see and he, then he started laughing at him. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. Oh, oh Classic moment. Oh my goodness. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been many a time when my umbrella's gone inside out, and it's really embarrassing, especially when you have the rain <laughs> just whack you in the face. Oh, and then you try your best. If you're one of those people that just give up and just leave the, the like check the umbrella away, or do you try and? Undo oh no. Yeah, I try and undo it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I always say never ever invest in a really expensive um, umbrella because they always always in in the UK uh, go inside out. Finally, Prince Charles addressed the UN Food Systems Summit via a video link. Again, really honing in the idea that food systems, sustainability, and allowing everyone in the whole world to be able to get food, obviously at the utmost importance. The reason I know um, a little bit about food systems is because. I follow the band Hanson, yes, the Unboppers. My In Another World, In Another Life husband, Taylor Hanson, he, <laughs> <laughs> he actually runs a food initiative called Food on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's to help with food deserts. So food deserts are places that are far away from like a supermarket or from fresh produce if you're living in a food desert it means you have to live off processed foods because they last longer and so Taylor's come up with this initiative that brings fresh produce to those communities creating more food systems creating more um, access to food and fresh produce is definitely a good way to move forward Duchess of Cornwall spoke on her reading room account where she shared her love of gardening, saying you never cease to be excited by what's there. And we saw a video where she was saying her mother taught her the basics of gardening. And you can tell this is a real passion, which she obviously shares with Charles. And she said it's the most therapeutic thing apart from reading that you can do. And I wholeheartedly agree with the Duchess. <laughs> I don't have a garden. But... I was say, I would wholeheartedly agree with the Duchess, apart from the fact that when I was actually weeding my garden the other day, it was a pain in the absolute bleep. So, yeah, it depends what garden you have, I guess, because if it's overgrown like mine, no, it's not. 
The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge on their socials this week obviously has been very quiet. There's no engagement from them. They're on their holidays, but their social media teams have been putting out a lot of support for Team GB at the Olympics. Whee! Um, And the British Lions rugby team this week. And what was lovely, I think, is everyone on Twitter, on the like the royal accounts on Twitter, what's been really nice, sorry, on the royal fan accounts on Twitter, what's been really nice is seeing the 2012 pictures come up of the Duke of Cambridge, the Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Harry. And it's been so lovely to relive those moments again because I loved seeing them at the 2012 games, whooping and cheering along. And especially when Zara Phillips won the silver, that was just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and Princess Anne, it was a proud mum moment for her, wasn't it? When she was awarded the medal. Oh, yeah, it was. Could you imagine, though, how proud you would be, not only just to see your child win an Olympic medal, but then also to give them the medal as well? Amazing. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, who can forget the Queen parachuting down from the helicopter? <laughs> her and James Bond having a uh, um, a moment. Yeah, well, her and James Bond and the corgis. And the corgis. And then all of a sudden, you just see the Queen. I, honestly, I've never laughed so much. It was so well done and then she waited until the parachute landed and then she came out i was like yes <laughs> the timing on it was perfect and also keeping with the games theme the royal family twitter yesterday was beaming about the upcoming commonwealth games in birmingham in 2022 And in celebration of a year to go until the event, there was this brilliant drone display. And I don't know about you, Rach, but seeing these drone displays, I'm like absolutely mesmerized. The one at the opening of the uh, Tokyo Olympics was incredible. Wow. The Queen spoke to Miss Mary Simon, who has been appointed as the Governor General of Canada. And she is Her Majesty's representative in Canada and acts on the Queen's behalf to uphold the country's system of responsible government. And they act as Commander in Chief of the Canadian Armed Forces and has a unifying role bringing Canadians together. Ah, so I, I did know that this was a thing. And I actually, I'm living for it because what's wonderful is Her Majesty can know that there's somebody out there who is representing her. And I guess in a way, it's it kind of like ticks the box in her mind. I'm thinking as myself, I'd have a box in my mind like, oh, I need to make sure Canada's okay. <laughs> but yeah. She knows that Mary Simon's got her back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think going forward, Mary Simons will be having a lot of conversations with Her Majesty, won't she? Yeah. Could you imagine like just Her Majesty Zoom call like, hi. <laughs> Um, and also to all our Canadian listeners out there thank you so much for listening this week at Windsor Castle we had the first change of the guard since March 2020 this is by the first battalion Grenadier Guards so what is change of the guards it is the moment that marks when the soldiers currently on duty the old guard exchanges places with the new guard and the household troops have been guarding the sovereign and the royal palaces since 1660 can you believe that 1660 wow the princess royal has been out and about and on tuesday she was in barnsley where she unveiled a plaque Black Black to celebrate the opening of the NHS Blood and Transplant Blood Centre. On Wednesday, she visited the Northeast Ambulance Service in Hebron and gave out long service and good conduct medals to 14 frontline ambulance staff. 
And on Friday, she presented the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service to volunteers who provide companionship to patients at Lister Hospital. And the Butterfly Volunteer Service has facilitated over 7,000 end-of-life support visits and was set up in 2016. Wow. Well done, the Princess Royal, on an amazing uh, engagement with the, the NHS this week. And actually, the, the one where she was giving out medals to the frontline ambulance staff, I remember when I did 15 years of service as a waitress, could you imagine, like, having the Princess at princess Anne give me awards? Like, here it is. I thought you, I thought you was going to compare your waitressing to the NHS staff. No, oh my goodness me, no, absolutely not when you you're there for long service i was given on my last day when i left oh here's your certificate with a badge that says with like a pin badge that had 15 on it oh we forgot to give you this here it is as i was leaving on my last day (laughs) so you know i i love the fact that she was able to um really commemorate long service and good conduct for them uh, because they really deserve it the ambulance staff has worked extreme they always work extremely hard but even more so in trying times with covid we're recording this on the 29th of july and actually 40 years ago on the 29th of july in 1981 was the wedding day of prince charles and princess diana now rachel and i did see princess diana's wedding dress in person a couple of weeks ago it was one of those moments to always remember yeah i think a lot of people when they started following the royals when you talk to a lot of older people it's because of charles and diana and their in particular their wedding day We thought we'd include that because there's a parallel. The other day, Lady Kitty Spencer, who is Princess Diana's niece, married Michael Lewis, who is a retail tycoon in Italy. And she had so many dresses. Oh, my God. Well, on first look at the dresses, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But then actually seeing the videos and the intricate level of detail and the jewels and how like it just really spoke to her and her personality I loved it and I've been soaking in as much Lady Kitty Spencer now Lady Kitty Lewis is who she's now styled as I can't get enough of it I just I've been watching everything that I've seen about her and there's a bit of controversy about this because she's 30 and her husband is 62 that's controversy number one Number two is that her father, Charles Spencer, was not there to give her away. It was her two brothers. And thirdly, she was not wearing the Spencer tiara. Mm. Okay, so controversy one, I don't think age has anything to do with love. I think they're very separate things. Controversy number two, I actually, this didn't like compute in my head, uh, her father not being there. Do we know the background around that, Rach? No, we don't know the background, but there are rumours that it is because of the age gap that her father doesn't approve of the marriage. Um, But again, that's just tabloid speculation. We'll never know for sure. Yeah. And as we've said a million times before, don't listen to rumours until you actually know the facts. And she is the eldest daughter of Earl Spencer and his wife, Victoria Akin. Was Victoria Akin there? Yes, she was. Yeah. And the third one is the Spencer Tiara. Well, possibly, I mean, again, this is me speculating. This isn't the truth. Maybe the Earl of Spencer was like, I don't agree with the marriage. You're not having the tiara, but we don't know. Yeah. 
That's true, it could have been. And also, there was a bit of controversy surrounding the designers of the wedding dress because she is one of the faces of Dolce & Gabbana. And over the last few years, they have come up against um, heavy criticism because there has been quite a lot of race rows and them putting across their views on gay marriage, for example. And yeah, that was another thing that people were like, well... She might look beautiful, but I don't agree with the designer mm-hmm. choice. It would make sense that she would go for Dolce & Cabana, especially because she is the, the face of it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's strange, isn't it? And this is where do your personal values and your professional values, where, where they mix and what's okay and what's not okay. But one thing's for sure, she looked amazing. I think the dress was very Grace Kelly but in a more modern twist. We had a conversation about the shoulders. I love the shoulders. Rach, you were not too fussed on the shoulders. I think it was because it was um, lace. I don't know. It's for me. Like I, I liked the silhouette of the dress. I liked the train. But And I just felt like the, where the bodice sat, it was quite low down, if that makes sense. Like the cut of it didn't look, to me anyway, it wasn't quite right. But... She looked beautiful, like there's no denying that. We've also had a trailer this week of a royal family satire cartoon called The Prince. Now this was supposed to be due for release in early spring of this year, but it was also put put on hold and delayed for a later date due to Prince Philip's death. It's by HBO Max and the plot follows Prince George who makes life hard for his family and the British monarchy. I hadn't heard of this and you sent me the trailer and... I just thought it was really weird um, that obviously the plot follows Prince George. Yeah. This kid is eight years old. Just leave him be. Leave him alone. Yeah. You know, and it'll be interesting to see if it actually airs over here in the UK. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Now, this isn't the first programme that's made fun, like has been satirical uh, about the royal family. There's been Spitting Image. There's been um, the Windsors with Harry Enfield very recently, actually. So they're used to these satire programs. What's different about this is he's following the prince. You know, Prince George, who, like you said, he's eight years old. But the royal family is really interesting to other people. So to have an artistic um, license when it comes to them isn't anything new. The only new thing that comes from this is the fact that they've used Prince George as the main character. And they've never done that in other places with such young children. So for me, I'm like, it's, it just feels very strange. What struck me and what I found a bit like, what? Was Orlando Bloom voices Prince Harry. And if we know about their Montecito um, you know, neighborhood, He's neighbours with Prince Harry. But I just thought it was just a weird thing. It's like me voicing my neighbour next door on a TV programme. I don't know, it feels a bit strange to me. So because now that the royals are on their summer break, it's going to be a bit quiet over on the royal news front. So we thought that we'd get you guys involved. And over the next coming weeks, we're going to be asking questions on our Instagram. So if you've ever thought like, oh, I'd love to ask them a question or you want to know our opinion or anything, let us know in the comments on our Instagram. I will put up a sticker so you can ask questions. Anything that you want us to talk about, just let us know 
and we'll be more than happy to oblige. <laughs> Honestly, go for it. Go Henry VIII, go Queen Victoria, go any royals. Even though I know we talk about the Windsors here, we're opening up to any time in history. But also, you'll probably get to know Rachel and I a little bit better as we go a little bit deeper into maybe our friendship, maybe um, our royal connections, those types of things. Not that we have any major royal connections. <laughs> <laughs> We wish. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going up. I'm going up to Balmoral to meet Lizzie next week. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can follow us along uh, at our Instagram page at Keeping Up the Winters Pod. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five star review. And if you are on our Podbean app, leave us a comment. Why not? Come and have a little chat. We are always happy to um, listen to your opinions. And yeah, and any questions you have for Rachel and I, personal or royal, please let us know. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on Keeping Up with the Windsors. Windsors.